I'm Nick. And I'm Sarah. And this is the first episode of Eerie Encounters. <laughs> so welcome to our first episode. We thought we would start this podcast because myself and Sarah, we like to talk about all things a bit spooky and a bit weird. And we wondered if there was a bigger community out there that would like to come and join us on our I don't know, what, what what can we call it? Our deep dive into all things paranormal, eerie, alien, weird, all of the above. Everything, really. Basically, yeah. come join our cult. <laughs> we are not a cult yet. The Eerie Encounters cult. <laughs> Give us time. You never know, no. It could be a good cult, just full of lots and lots of crazies. Cults generally have a bad name. I think we should probably keep away. <laughs> So this kind of came about because Nick and I both like anything supernatural and spooky and realised that this gives us a good place to talk about it and we can actually get away with talking about it because in a normal situation... Our husbands switch off, don't they? They look at us and go, oh, not again. We're talking about dead things again. But also, I don't know about you, but it doesn't come up in conversation very much. Like, so, do you believe in ghosts? You know, people then... Yeah, I do that all the time. And I think if I keep asking random people, I'm likely to get sectioned. So... Well, I did ask your husband when I first met him how to get away with murder. Do you know, that is completely true. So, my my husband's in the police, and the first (laughs) conversation that Nick had with him was, so how do you get away with a murder? And then she followed up by saying that the next part, that she was planning on putting her husband in a hole in the garden. True story. And then I was like, I promise it's a joke. It's a joke. Someone did say he looked more like an estate agent, which I thought was funny. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you're totally an estate agent. Which I think is a good undercover. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm not really a policeman. I'm not sure what's worse. I'd care. Well, uh, definitely both are interesting professions in their own right. So we don't want to alienate anyone who's in the police or is an estate agent. Just yet. Maybe that we'll do that later. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, welcome to our weird and wonderful world of the weird and wonderful. This basically just gives us an opportunity <laughs> for Nick and I to have a good old natter and a good old gossip and talk about anything that's, yeah, remotely supernatural without the risk of people thinking we're insane. I mean, people still think we're insane, but at least now we have a reason. Yeah, it's not just for the fun of it. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, Nick, since when have you been obsessed with the supernatural? Well, unlike most people, I don't know. I mean, I have never had any kind of experience that I'm aware of or remember. But it's really kind of a bonding thing, I think, with my family. So my grandma's really into it. And my mum loves anything to do with ghosts and whatnot. And because her obsession with ghosts is always there it was just something for us to share because i don't know i was a bit of a weird kid i was into science and stuff (laughs) so do you like looking at things from sort of like a skeptic's view that can i prove or disprove this can i yeah probably i'm probably more on that i would love to believe that there is life after death and there are things that go bump in the night and stuff but I probably spend most of my time trying to work out what it could be instead. And maybe one day I will have that experience that will make me go, yes, no, I now am believing in this. So, yeah, 
the more ghost hunts we do, the better, because something might come and jump at me. We have done a few ghost hunts together, haven't we? We have indeed. And that's another thing that this gives us a good excuse to book more. Exactly. More places to go, ghosts to see. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like quite a good thing to do. Yeah. And now we have an excuse, you know. Exactly. And I don't know about you, but since I've been doing the research for stories in the podcast, I found so many other places that I'm now like, okay, have you got we a need list? to go there. Yes. And my list is getting pretty extensive. Well, nothing wrong with that. I think you have to do these things. And it's also a good excuse to get out and about. I mean, my work is, I work at home and so do you. So having that excuse to go places and do stuff, I think is... And some of them are so far away that we're going to have to make weekends of them. And yeah, considering we are southerners, aren't we? Yeah. And so, you know, we'll have to have a girly weekend and yeah, throw in a few extra spirits too. (laughs) Of the alcoholic variety. No, bad, bad. (laughs) The more spirits, the merrier. Literally. (laughs) Might actually have an experience then, but it might just be the alcohol. Yeah, we don't know which spirit we're reacting to. (laughs) I know that from our previous conversations that we've had that we haven't recorded is that you seem to be a lot more open to these experiences and probably as a result of what has happened to you in the past really piqued your interest in all of this stuff. Yeah, so I think I'm probably more a believer and there's things I've experienced that I... I can't explain away. And I I think, you know, sort of, I have an experience and I sort of think, ah, oh, now I want to experience something else because I have more questions. So I go to each of these investigations and things and I come away with more questions than I went with. So, and it's, but I think that's probably the nature of it, isn't it, in some ways? Yeah. And I think it's, I just find the whole thing fascinating. I mean, the thought of there being something else after death. And I I find that really comforting. I mean, for me, I don't find spirits and things frightening i find other aspects frightening i mean obviously demons and things like that terrifying dolls yeah not happening spiders not happening don't like clowns but and things like aliens really creep me out so when we get onto those side of things that's when i'll be having sleepless nights (laughs) i don't know what it is well i don't know i think it's exciting in some ways this concept of aliens and stuff because we can't be the only ones. Oh, no, I'm, Come on. We, we can't be. We can't be the only, no. But are they coming down and probing us? That is the question. I think for me it's, I watched Close Encounters as a kid, and now uh, yes. that little image of, like, the little grey men. Stuck in your mind. Long arms and funny shaped heads, and yeah, that for me, that film is probably the most frightening film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it really freaks me out. And yeah, so that image is just, yeah, so when we get onto those types of things, that, that's when I'll be like, and I'm out. Could that be when I need to send you care packages? Yes. Disney films and stuff so that you can go to sleep afterwards. Yeah, I'm going to need a hot water bottle, a big, nice, warm blanket and some hot chocolate and some, a teddy, a Disney film. Yeah, that's, yeah. I have to say, I can't watch... Well, I do watch Disney films, but I find them really, really sad. Give me a jump scare movie any day. I sit there and laugh all the way through. 
But give me a Disney movie and spoiler alert, when Bambi's mum dies, nope, in pieces. When Mufasa dies, nope, in pieces. Can't do it. Have you seen Up? I have heard of Up. Oh my god! And I have never been brave enough to watch it because I know I'll be a blubbering wreck. I mean... And I won't be able to sleep for weeks. It's a great film and you'd love it because of the dog. Like, you would love it. For the first 10 but I minutes. Know it's going to be sad. It's just the f- if you can get through the first 10 minutes, you're fine. But the first 10 minutes, I honestly, I wept. Yeah, see, I don't know if I can do it. But once you get past that, it's it's a, a wonderful, and you would, you'd love the dog. But yeah, do I try? I guess if I'm making you do some of these things, I might have to, you know, fall on that sword and actually watch the Disney films. I tell you what, we'll make a pact. If I can talk about aliens, you can watch the first 10 minutes of our Deal. Let's do it. I love it. See, we're both broader in our horizons. (laughs) Oh, dear. Less us or not, as the case may be. So tell us a bit about your experiences. So you said you've had a few. Yeah, so I was... Even when I was a child, I was always the... You say you were the geeky child that liked science. I was the kid that had invisible friends. nothing wrong with that and yeah but even now i've got friends that i'm still friends with and they'll say to me do you remember that you used to have this friend called you know and i'm like no did i and apparently yeah i had full-blown conversations with people i i used to ask my parents to set places at the table for other children and yeah and then Growing up, I had quite a few experiences, and this didn't really stop when I kind of hit adulthood. So (laughs) I've been told by a couple of psychics and mediums that I'm sensitive to things. I don't know. I don't know if just creepy shit follows me around, but creepy shit's also started following my husband as well, so maybe I'm just cursed. Yeah, we've both had quite a few experiences, so I'll have to tell you about some of his sometimes. Yeah, that'd be interesting. So my first, well, I say my first, it wasn't my first paranormal experience, but it's probably the one that really made me think, okay, there's something else going on here. So I was 12 years old and we'd gone on holiday with our family, so with my aunt, my uncle and my cousins. And we were staying in this beautiful little cottage in Normandy, France, and it was it was stunning. It was beautiful. It was in the middle of nowhere. It had this thatched roof. It had like these gorgeous stone walls. And from the outside, it just looked like this idyllic cottage in the middle of nowhere attached to a farm. And yeah, the type of place that I'd like to live. However, we weren't the only ones living there, it seemed. So, painting the scene, beautiful cottage. Knew it was going to be a little bit creepy when Uncle Fester from the Adams family opened the front door with this kind of like, welcome to my humble abode. (laughs) Oh, Uncle Fester. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this is going to be such a relaxing holiday. Yeah, and that's me done. Yeah, so he opens the door and shows us around the cottage and... Again, inside, beautiful, stone walls, stone steps, very oldie-worldy, very sort of like, you know, I would say sort of 16th, 17th century. But there was this one bedroom that was creepier than all the others. And have you seen the film The Haunting? Yes, yes, yes. 
do you remember those carved cherub faces that are staring at her when she's in bed? Because, yes, they were not creepy at all, were they, really? Nope. Nope. <laughs> well, this room had those. Had these, like, carved faces of children on the walls that overlooked this four-poster bed and these mahogany sort of, like, wooden panels around the room. And we all kind of looked at each other and was like, ah, no. No. Not staying in this all one. I can say is no. But. Yeah, you can have this room. <laughs> cot that happened to be nailed to the floor. I don't know. Maybe it kept moving around and they went, you know what, we'll stop it. Let's just nail it to the floor. I don't know, maybe someone tried stealing the crypt or something. I have no idea. Possibly. I mean, as the story goes on, you're going to realise that this house, it wouldn't have surprised me. I mean, you know, if furniture was being thrown around the room at the last people that stayed there and are like, and we're going to have to pin this one down. So yeah, this crypt couldn't be removed from the room and it just so happened that my aunt and uncle had two young children my cousins were quite young at the time they weren't even two yet and so ha guess you're staying in that room then so that was all I get out of jail free card and we was like well you're gonna be in this room and we're gonna go and have the slightly less creepy rooms not quite wonderful but slightly less creepy that has no random carved cherub faces on the walls so yeah that was that done that was how rooms were allocated and um I was then due to share a room with my older cousin and my parents then shared a room with my brother who was sort of just in the adjacent room to us all fine rooms allocated starting our holiday and the first couple of days not too much happened um there was often like these cold breezes you'd be walking down the corridor and you get like hit by a cold breeze or you'd think that you heard whispering or sort of even giggling sometimes but again it was the, the walls was made of stone, the floor was stone. So I kind of just put it down to cold breeze, someone's opened a door, wind travels, noises, sound travels. You know, it was really, really echoey. So I didn't think too much of it. But there was the odd occasion where I'd be sort of in one of the rooms and I'd hear someone walking up the stairs or I'd hear someone walking along the corridor and then sort of like poke my head out and nobody was there. So again, I remember sort of going, okay sound travels they might be walking in a different part of the house it's fine however one night I was lying in bed and my cousin had gone to sleep it was quite late and I couldn't sleep and I heard giggling coming from the corridor so I thought yeah I mean this this time there was no nobody else was awake it was to excuse the pun deathly quiet so I thought oh maybe it was my cousins and maybe they'd got out of the creepy nailed to the floor (laughs) crypt so I got up and poked my head around the door and they were still in there and they were still asleep so I was like oh okay walked around the cottage a little bit no one was up again all very quiet that's very brave of you to have got up and wandered around just to see what was happening Yeah, well, at this point, I didn't think anything supernatural. And as I said to you, I'd had experiences in the past. That is kind of where my brain went, but I didn't feel... It didn't feel unwelcome. Nothing felt sort of... That wasn't my thoughts at this point. Until I started heading back to my room, and I heard these little footsteps running up the stairs behind me. So I stand in the doorway, thinking like completely frozen and then these footsteps like they were these little pitter-patter they run 
I hear it coming towards me and then it runs past me and there's nobody there. No, 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 no. Meanwhile, I hadn't realised that other members of my family were experiencing their own bits and pieces and I didn't actually find out a lot of their experiences, especially um, my brother's one, until later on. But there was also, my brother had an experience where he had, there was an attic that had been padlocked from the outside and it had this great big padlock on it. And one evening, he and my cousin were found in this room, in the attic, playing there. And they had a box of toys open and they had all the toys out. And my parents thought that we'd opened it. But my brother was absolutely adamant that he'd just come across the door and it was just open that evening. You know, this door that had been previously padlocked shut all week and that no one knew what was behind this door had apparently just been opened and the padlock was on the floor. Because that's never creepy. And so my brother and my cousin had gone in there and found a box of toys and got them all out and started playing with them. But none of us had opened this door. So... There was also another experience that we all had in the garden and um, <laughs> we'd all been playing with this ball and the youngest of my cousins kept throwing this ball over the blooming hedge. And so I went over the fence, climbed over a fence to go and get the ball and sort of then had to throw it back and climb back over the fence. And every time I got back, she kept throwing it back again. <laughs> Initially, it was kind of, oh, yeah, oh, it's cute, you know. After about the sixth, seventh, eighth time, I was about ready to throw the ball back at her. (laughs) But I kept sort of like, you know, saying to her, please don't do this, you know, getting a little bit frustrated. But it had now become a game for her. And my dad told her to stop and she didn't. The next time the ball went over the hedge, before I could even reach the gate to go and get the ball, I'm not kidding, the ball came back over the top of the hedge. So... No. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad and I both looked at each other and both ran to the gate thinking somebody's thrown the ball back. And of course, there was nobody there. So now I'm beginning to get a little bit creeped out. I'd had the thing with the footsteps and the ball to come back and, you know, the voices and the giggling and the, the cold spots and things had only increased. And then we had the incident with my brother and the padlock door. So by this point, I was then like, okay, something, something's going on. And to make it worse, my aunt then managed to blow out all the lights because she flooded the bathroom. So we were now walking around the haunted cottage with candlelight because they didn't have torches and no electricity. <laughs> So yeah, super, super eerie. Picture the scene. And that night, I kind of figured it was just because, you know, everyone was a little bit creeped out. But that night, my dad made us all share a room. He told my cousin that he had to go and sleep in the room with my aunt and uncle and the children in the creepy. He sent him to the creepy room. And he said to me, I needed to come and share with my mum, my dad and my brother. But he wouldn't tell us why. He just all of a sudden made us all share a room. and. I kept sort of probing as to why, what had we done? We will find Cher in the room, the other room. But no, he was absolutely adamant. And I kind of just put it down to the fact that all the lights were off and they just wanted to keep an eye on us. But that night, we were woken up by my brother who kept saying that a little boy had woken him up. 
and wouldn't let him sleep and he was getting really really frustrated with it you know he kept sort of saying saying to nothing go away leave me alone I don't want to play I'm meant to be asleep and I could hear him talking to somebody oh you gotta love that and so I sort of sat up and asked him what was going on he kept saying you know he won't leave me alone he won't he won't let me sleep and so my parents were getting a little bit frustrated and saying to him you know just lie down go to sleep you're just having a dream and they tried reassuring him that it must have been a dream. Go back to sleep. But by this point, I wasn't entirely sure because, let's face it, I was pretty convinced that the cottage was haunted. And my brother was so adamant. To prove my suspicions, though, the following night, we were all woken up at the early hours of the morning. and My dad told us we had to go and sit in the car. We had to go to the car. And my dad and my uncle then went back inside and they started searching the house. They then came out, told us we were leaving, packed the car up, and we left and went home. So this is two days early, earlier than we should have done. No. And I kept asking my dad why, what had happened, but he never told me what was going on. And it actually wasn't until a couple of years later that my dad told me the reason we were all piled into the car and sort of cut our holiday down short. Okay. So this is what he told me. So after my brother had told us about the little boy, he'd then refused to sleep where he was because he was the closest to the door. And he um, he then came and shared a bed with me and my mum. And my dad then sat and had the little camp bed that was by the door. So they sort of eventually sort of like swapped beds initially. And apparently my dad had heard giggling lovely and the sound of little feet running up and down the corridor which as he was telling me this i must admit i had chills like children are creepy like children ghosts children laughing children no, you're like and creepy. that's where i draw the line but yeah. also, it was so eerily similar to what i'd experienced and i hadn't told my dad what i'd experienced but yet he was describing the same thing the giggling the running up and down the corridor and the the sound of these little feet. It was like little pitter-patter feet. And it was so eerily similar to what I'd experienced. And he had done the same thing I'd done. He'd actually gotten up thinking it was my cousin's because it sounded so young almost. He thought it was, you know, the toddlers had gotten up and were playing and, you know, at 3am in the morning. <laughs> However, when he searched the cottage, they were all sound asleep the same way that I'd found them. So my dad apparently had been very, very creeped and he went back to bed. However, he then heard these little feet running up the stone steps and down the corridor again. And again, he heard the giggling. So it almost felt like it was a bit of a game now. So he <laughs> jumps up and beginning to feel that someone was clearly messing with him, again, searches the entire house. And now he is positively spooked. Because nobody is there. Everybody is accounted for. Everyone is asleep. So for the third time, he goes back to bed. And this time, he sat up listening intently. So he sat there sort of, you know, I'm going to catch you this time. Because he's actually said to me that he began to think that somebody else was in the house. Somebody living. It sounded so real to him that he thought somebody else is in this house. And especially, and he was like, "I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna find well, them." Well, he began to think there was a stowaway somewhere, especially with the you know the doors opening and the things coming. He'd witnessed the ball coming back over the fence, so he genuinely began to think there was a child in this house. 
there is somebody else. There's another family on holiday. They've double booked us. So but we're he, not alone. Yeah, they're hiding in the attic, the, the room that was locked. That's why it's been locked all week. Yeah. They're hiding. So he sits there and he's intently listening, <laughs> sort of half anticipating that he's going to hear it. And again, he hears the giggle. And this time it's louder. It's right outside the room. And he hears the footsteps running up and down the corridor. And then it stops just outside the door. So he's apparently absolutely frozen, expecting that he's going to, you know, the whoever this is, is outside the room. And the bedroom door, apparently, slowly opened to reveal there was nobody behind it. And then it slowly closed again. That's brilliant. Yeah. They were just having a look, seeing what so he was doing. I think it's probably... This little boy opened the door, expecting to see my brother in the bed that he'd been trying to play with. Seeing it wasn't my brother and seeing that now there is this terrified man staring back at him. And just gone, okay, you're not Jamie, let's close the door. And close the door again. Yeah. Not going to bother with you. So that's, that's what I think. I think it was kind of a case of, you're not the little boy that I've been playing with. Okay, I'm going to leave you to yeah, it. Yeah, you go back to sleep. So that was when my dad woke us all up. <laughs> and he sends us to the car, piles us all in the car. And that was when he and my uncle then went back into the cottage and searched. Now, they apparently have searched the entire cottage. They've gone back to the room. They called in the guy that had shown us around and they got him to open up every cupboard, every door, including the ones that were locked and the one, the padlock door that had been padlocked again. And they searched the entire cottage. Of course, there was no secret family living there. There was no double booking. The house was empty. We were all in the car at this point wondering what on earth is going on. But they searched the entire house and nobody was there. And it was at that point that they both went, we're leaving. We're not staying here anymore. Did he ask whether they'd had problems before? I think there was also a bit of a language barrier. Yeah. So, I mean, my my dad was kind of like trying to say the word ghost in a French accent at this point. <laughs> but I, think, oh. I don't think that, yeah, I don't. And if you knew my dad's... If you knew my dad's friends. Yeah. yeah. I don't I know how do you say it in a French accent. <laughs> I don't know. On the same holiday, though, my uncle's car broke down and um, he, he went to... Oh, my goodness. Slightly digress. But he went to the garage and I just remember him going, it's the batterie, we think so. <laughs> and I was just like, what was that? And you're that? going, this, this isn't going to end well, is it? This is just shows how bad we are at languages and you're just dying and i just i also remember my dad had this french phrase book and he went to this guy and he was like it's trying to sort of you know put a sentence together and i remember him kind of like looking up a word and the guy then spoke back to him in french and he was then like i don't know what you're saying hang on yeah i went through the book again and then said something else and he read something from you know completely butchering it and then the guy said something back again and then my dad was like, uh, one second. And went back through the book and this carried on. And the guy then winked at me and I was like... He knows English, doesn't he? And he was like, he just th- messing with him. Well, he then, in the best Australian accent, went, I'm just messing <laughs> with you, mate. <laughs> it was brilliant. Oh, dear. So, yeah, that was the first 
well, I'd say the first, that wasn't my first. I've got loads of other stories that I can plonk in as we go through. But that was probably what really sparked my fascination with everything paranormal. I like the fact that in some ways you're de- it wasn't just you experiencing it. Because in some ways, if it's just you, you can probably yeah. write it off and go, well, it's my imagination or something. But when someone else is there and corroborates what you're saying, it, it makes it a bit more, I don't know, a bit more real yeah and i think that's for me that's probably why this is what really stays in my because as you said other experiences i've had yeah you know there were other experiences but you could always be like you you don't have that sort of like somebody to back Mm. you up but the fact that other people had the same experiences and they were eerily similar and even now if i spoke to my dad about i mean you know my dad i do indeed He's not He's not one to make up things like this. He's quite a logical person. Yeah, he's a, a lad's lad, isn't he? <laughs> if you asked him about any of this, he, even to this day, would be like, uh, yeah, that was probably one of the most scary experiences of my life. Yeah, I can imagine and He's very, very open about it. He's very open about it. So, yeah, that's... Probably the one that really sparked my, okay, something else is going on here. There's got to be something, something more to this. And as you said, with the whole aliens thing, to think that we're alone, there's so much that we don't understand that I think, what's to think that there's not life after death and there's not things that we don't know about? And I kind of find that comforting. The fact that, you know, this doesn't just end with us, you know, a big dark abyss that actually you know maybe we do go on and do other things maybe there are past lives and Mm. oh that's that's got to be another episode past lives yeah i was talking to becky about this the other day and i was like i must have done something really bad before and upset someone really bad to what do you think your past life was i have no idea no idea i just i don't know i obviously need to learn something from this and that health is a big thing maybe i took it for yeah. granted in previous lives or something i don't know yeah possibly i mean yeah but i always do i must have upset someone no i don't think so i can't imagine you upsetting someone unless you were like a completely different nick in a past life probably but i think <laughs> i like the idea that you have to learn something so maybe hmm. each one of your lives you've learned something new yeah and i hadn't considered it that way before what i considered was that i'd upset someone and becky was like well maybe you just need to learn something different from this time around than you have previously and i think in some ways a bit more optimistic way to look at it yeah which in a way i guess is a good thing because it means we probably haven't learned everything yet so maybe we get a do-over at the end of it (laughs) or several yeah 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 once you know everything, what happens then? <laughs> you start haunting places and scaring yeah. the intrepid ghost hunter groups. That's what I want to do. You end up being in a cottage in Normandy scaring unsuspecting <laughs> visitors, yeah. That would be quite funny. Oh, dear. But yeah, so that's that's my story. That's my the one that probably launched me into a whole whole life of crazy things and as i said other things have happened since then i'll drop them in as we go through yeah i can certainly understand why it would pique your interest because that would certainly get me wanting to question everything and 
as I said, I haven't even had a proper experience as such. It was just because my family liked it and I wanted to like something that they did so that we could, you know, talk about it and understand each other a little better. That's good there. I mean, I definitely have that sort of relationship with my nan as well because my Mm. nan's very open to things like this. I love your nans. We're convinced that she's also... Well, we tell her that she's a witch. She's not <laughs> the first person. We're not the first person that said that to her. Actually, both my nans. One of my nan, um, my dad bought my other nan a broomstick for Halloween once. So I actually grew up believing she was a witch. And every year she would tell me that she was going to fly over on Halloween. And whenever I'd ask her if she could show me the broomstick and show me how it flies she would tell me that it was in the um, garage having an MOT. And I believed her for years and years. Oh, but that's my brilliant. other nan, my other nan has also had experiences. So I have to drop those in at some yeah. point too. Um, yeah, and we've both seen psychics together. And we used to watch sort of Most Haunted together. And we had this running joke about Sam. My, my granddad oh, yes. always used to sort of like, you know, yeah, always, always Sam. But yeah. But yeah. My so. stepdad used to watch it with my mum. And yeah, he, he used to freak himself out. He wouldn't be able to go in, around the house with the lights off. He'd switch all the lights on and he wouldn't be able to be on his own. It was very funny. But you've been on a ghost hunt with people from most haunted, I have indeed. You? So yeah, we went to Rithing Castle with Carl and Stuart, which was interesting. I would love to do that. Can we add that to our list? Yeah. Let's do can... a most haunted ghost hunt. Yep. Right. We can our list is getting extensive. I know. <laughs> Well, it's a good job that gives us something to talk about. It does. It does. <laughs> As you can hear, we can rattle on about things for ages. I mean, just, yeah, welcome to our random conversations. <laughs> just <laughs> absolute randomness. But this is kind of what Nick and I are like. Yeah. So, you know, put us in a room together and... We'll just yeah. go on and on and on. Well, thank you so much for listening. I mean... Hopefully there is going to be more interesting things to come. I think we've got a few episodes already planned and hopefully as this one goes live, then some others will follow it. So I think we're going to talk about theme parks and I think there's going to be some talks about schools. And if you've got any suggestions about topics you'd want us to cover, then let us know. We would love to hear from you. You can find us on all the usual places. So we have a website, which is eerie-encounters.co.uk. And the reason why the hyphen is in there was because I got very confused with all the E's. So we had to put the hyphen in there. We are also on Instagram and Facebook. Links from our website as well. If you do want to contact us, you can always email us, which is podcast at eerie-encounters.co.uk. Yeah. Just tell us what you want. Tell us what you'd like us to discuss. Yeah, so send us topics, send us stories, send us pictures, videos. Yeah, creep us out. And we can then sort of like... Or at least Sarah, because she's a bit more delicate than I am. (laughs) In fairness, yeah. I must admit, doing all this research You're just like, no, no, no. Some of the stories we've received already, I'm just like, I need to stop looking at these when it's dark and I'm in the house And there's me going, bring it on! Yeah, so, (laughs) yeah, you'll learn that I'm definitely the one that's going to be like, and I'm I'm done, I'm done, this is, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, so, try and scare us. And if you've managed to last with us to the end of this episode... Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, well done. (laughs) Thank you for not turning us off. Oh, dear.
All I can say is until next time, I'm Nicole. And I'm Sarah. And this has been Eerie Encounters. Stay spooky. (laughs) 